The night before had been long, and they had drunk through most of it. The pounding in Michael's head matched the rhythm of the horse's hooves, and he suspected Katie and Tom felt the same way. The trip down had been quiet. Everything that needed to be said had been said. The only thing left was goodbye, and no one wanted to say that. They had traveled in an old homemade wagon. The wagon was made of wooden planks worn gray with age. It was used mostly for hauling goods to the market. The rear plank hung down attached to the wagon by some old rusty hinges. Empty wooden crates filled with old, old straw and burlap took up most of the wagon bed. There was barely enough space toward the back of the wagon for two people to sit, leaning their backs against the boxes with their feet swinging out the rear. The wheels were worn. They wobbled slightly and creaked as they rolled along. The front seat was made of four boards, two for the seats and two for the backrest. The old brown horse pulling the wagon was loved, but it rarely had enough food. Worn and tired, it plodded along, occasionally shaking its head and switching its tail to get rid of the flies that buzzed around it. Michael drove the wagon while Tom and Katie sat in the back. The dirt road they traveled along was rutted with wagon wheels, almost all going the same way, toward the coast. By the time they reached the coast, the sun was just coming up behind them, painting the sky orange and red. The early morning dust was beginning to rise from the road, clouds appearing in the distance, teasing of rain that would never come, or they would pour their contents out all at once like a kettle being emptied into a sink. Michael stayed with the wagon as Katie and Tom walked toward the dock and the ship that would take them to America. Michael ached to go with them, but he couldn't afford to pay for the voyage. Tom's family had scraped together enough money to pay for his and Katie's ticket. Michael looked out at the ocean, figured his future would be at sea. His daydream was interrupted as he realized Katie and Tom had stopped walking toward the sh ship and appeared to be talking. Whatever they were talking about was not making Katie happy. She was gesturing wildly, and her foot was tapping. I don't want to go, Tom said. What do you mean you don't want to go? Katie stared back at Tom, her mind racing a hundred miles an hour. They had planned and saved for almost a year for the trip. Tom had always been the steady and down-to-earth one. It was Michael who had, who had been unpredictable and full of fire. A little bit like her, if she was honest. But ever since the famine had gotten worse in the area, the world had gone cockeyed. Now Michael was the steady one, and Tom had all gone dreamy. This is my home, and I don't want to leave it. Katie shook her head. I have no reason to stay. We have talked about this, and we agree that the future is in America. I want something better for myself, or at least my children's future. What about me? Am I not... Enough reason to stay? That is not fair, you know. I love you. But we've been playing for this 
for a long time, as long as I can remember. I know, but I just can't leave right now. Well, I can't stay, as she turned away so she, he could not see her could not see the tears welling up in her eyes. Tom looked back at Michael, sitting in the wagon, staring at them. I will talk to Michael to see if he will go with you. Okay. I'm sorry, Katie, love. Truly, I am. Katie said nothing and just stared at the ocean and the sky to the west. What the hell was going on, Michael thought, as he saw Tom coming back toward him, his head down like a puppy that had been kicked. Why are you coming back? I'm not going. What? Michael explained, not believing his ears. Are you crazy? You and Katie have been playing this for at least a year. Tom looked down at the ground. I know, but I just can't leave right now, and Katie will not wait. I need you to go and make sure Katie gets to her brother's place okay. Michael stood there and stared at Tom, mouth open, swearing that the sun had just stopped in the sky. But what about you and Katie getting married? Will you come later? Shaking his head sadly, Tom just said, I don't know. For a moment there was complete silence. The only sound was the wooden slat hitting the back of the wagon and the swishing of the horse's tail. Finally, Tom spoke. Please, will you go with her? She can't go by herself. It isn't safe. Michael looked at Katie, who was facing the ship. She could tell she was trying not to look back. All right. Are you sure? Yes, said Tom, and handed him his ticket. Michael walked toward Katie and stood by her. She could tell she, she had been crying. I'm supposed to go with you. Are you sure this is what you want to do? Yes, Katie said quietly. They set off toward the ship and went up the plank. They stood on the deck looking back at Tom. Maybe he will come later. Katie looked at Michael with a sad smile. They both knew that it wasn't okay. As the ship began to slip its mooring, they were ordered down below. As, as they were going below, Michael took one last look back at Tom, standing there. Once they left the deck, the fresh air was replaced by stale air that was already beginning to smell. The din also increased as the noise of the passengers and sailors echoed off the interior of the ship.